to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. Do, Do not, not adjust, adjust your computer, computer screen. screen. It's your, your mind we're changing. Stories set to a theme. Think outside. Universe Box. Introducing Nickelodeon. Children's programming that's fit for children. 13 hours of programming a day, seven days a week, that will make them wonder, laugh, ponder, and think. From the heavens to your ears, this is Universe Box, and coming up next, it's Universe Box, only on Nick, or the internet. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. And uh, I don't know, you guys probably haven't caught on to what we're talking about this they week. They have no probably. idea what we're talking about. So uh, why don't we go ahead and show them what's in the box this week, What's Anne-Marie? in the box? What's in the box? Okay. What is in the box? Nick, yes, uh, classic Nickelodeon. This week we're talking about Nickelodeon. We'll pop open the game box to reboot Stick Stickly. Then we'll look in the school box to learn how to make slime. Uh, Wynn shows us her Nicktoon toy collection in the toy box. In the Wonder Box, we're discussing the classic sketch comedy shows, all that, and you can't do that on television. And finally, we'll pull out some questions you guys submitted through the Idea Box. Oh, sorry. I got that one. The that Idea like Box. The there we go. <laughs> but uh, first off, I, I wanted to show you guys a couple of good resources because, you know, this is going to be a fan's recollection of uh, good times watching Nickelodeon growing up and everything. It's not going to be a comprehensive history of the, of the show or anything like that. For that, I have a couple of really good resources to point you guys to. First of all is a book. It came out last year. It's called Slimed, an Oral History of Nickelodeon's Golden Age by Matthew Klickstein. And he goes and he sources a ton of original interviews with uh, people from every show pretty much ever on Nickelodeon, <laughs> every creative involved behind the scenes. You get to find out the story of the logo and all those interstitials like the ones we played in the intro and everything. Mm. Uh, really good stuff. And uh, it's available on Amazon. We'll have the link in our show notes. And I'll also point out over on YouTube, if you uh, search for or we'll have it in the show notes, Double Dare We Say It, a Nickelodeon historical celebration. It's actually Matthew, the guy who wrote the Slimed book. Uh, like a big two-hour interview with a uh, cast and creatives behind Double Dare, 
you can't do that on television. Um, I um, barely got into some of those. Double dare. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh. Barely. Just barely. Barely. But uh, really good stuff. So I would definitely recommend uh, checking both of those out for sure. For sure. Okay. Uh, so let's see. I, I guess we should see what's in the game box. So uh, here, uh, we'll play this and then we'll be right back to uh, start the game. Ride to me, stick, stickly, P.O. Box 963, New York City, New York State, 10108. One stick. Open up the clinic in the afternoon! Two contestants. They'll compete to reboot a nostalgic Nickelodeon icon for a new generation. One will live, one will die. This is Stick Yes, we're doing a parody of the show Shark Tank, which which I've never seen, actually. Uh, in the Stick Tank, two contestants will present a pitch uh, for a new project for the former Nick, Nick in the Afternoon host, Stick Stickly. Uh, here's a clip, actually. I have a clip here to play you. Uh, let me find it here. Uh, if, if you're not familiar with Stick Stickly, this is Stick Stickly. And now it's that time of day when you try to stump stick. Whoa, hey, would you want... The uh, thinking cap, please. The think no, no, not the baseball cap. The thinking cap. Can we ever? Is there a? Ah, okay. <clears throat> Today's thumbstick is from E.J. Watson. Why did the man buy two ducks and a cow? Why did a man buy two ducks and a cow? I don't know, Gee, Stick. I don't know. Why, Stick? Maybe he likes animals. <laughs> I don't know. Possibly. Uh, how about because he wanted to play duck, duck, cow? <laughs> because he wanted milk and quackers. Don't. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I want milk and quackers, too. Uh, Stick, uh, as you all know, he, he's the uh, height of... Uh, surreal and like just a uh, good comedy good good quality love, love smart stick. comedy so good <laughs> but uh yeah that hey, stick stickly okay so first off uh we had our, our buddy michael uh michael lucero he sent in a, a big six minute pitch for this show so what we're gonna do we're gonna uh, probably mute ourselves lean back and uh, take notes and he's the first contestant so let's see here we can go ahead and start with michael's pitch right now <laughs> Okay, this is uh, Michael Lucero uh, here to pitch a reboot of um, Hi, Michael. old Nickelodeon character Stick Stickly. Um, possible titles The Short End of the Stick, um, Sticks and Stones, or my personal favorite, You Can't Hold a Stick to It. Um, so the show is about 90s um, television icon Stick Stickly. Uh, it's about his quest to find his place in the world. Uh, it's a comedy, but uh, a very dry one, where most of the humor comes from the uh, absurdist juxtaposition of uh, a popsicle stick with the googly eyes um, dealing with existential life crises. <laughs> um, so the pilot episode finds Stick uh, at the beginning of his midlife crisis. Um, he's unsatisfied with his job narrating commercial bumps at Nickelodeon, uh, but he's soon... Uh, <laughs> fired by the board of directors there and they tell him that they're surprised that he's uh, managed to hang on to his job as long as he has um, um, so <laughs> uh, he tries to get, get jobs at other uh, children's television networks um, Cartoon Network is only hiring for Adult Swim and of course he doesn't want to work second shift uh, who, who would 
Um, but he wants to get a job on the Star Wars show. But um, uh, they are even less interested in old 90s television show gags. Um, so he's unable to pay his rent. He leaves his apartment and uh, he wel- hitches a ride on a Welsh corgi. Um, so that um, kind of reminds him of the old Nickelodeon show David the Gnome, in which a lawn gnome um, hitches a ride on a fox. So that resemblance brings him some Anne-Marie comfort. Just cheered. But it's a I'm obsessed. Um, so he he rides around the city um, trying to recreate his favorite moments from old Nickelodeon shows. Uh, he sleeps in a dump in one episode. Uh, trying to bring back the wonder of ah real monsters, <laughs> uh, he gets a temp job babysitting, um, trying to look for the hidden wisdom and humor of babies from Rugrats, and he even keeps a journal, um, trying to recapture the nostalgic angst of Doug. Um, <laughs> so a mid-season subplot, uh, which will last at least four episodes, uh, revolves around uh, his love interest Stickina Stickowitz. Um, who they fall deeply in love, and uh, Stick even has a dream where um, they bought a house and they're living a normal life with uh, two kids, and um, uh, the dream is an animated episode, experimental animated. Um, but he's not uh, Stick. Stickly is not satisfied even with uh, with Stickina, so um, he leaves her. He's not unwilling to. Um, you know, provide the commitment she's asking for and, uh, they part ways. So season one ends with stick discovering a, uh, ice cream truck with a picture of a giant popsicle on the side. Um, and he considers it a, uh, sort of mystical vision, um, calling him beyond the paltry selfishness of the American dream <laughs> and, uh, calling him into a life of meaningful engagement with something higher. Um, so he seeks the bliss of belonging to uh, a popsicle. And um, he knows all the while that he will have to self- sacrifice his own sense of identity to, uh, to be immersed in and united with the sticky red uh, sweetness. Um, so season two involves his search for the maker, um, who is responsible for putting popsicle sticks into the right popsicles. Um, it will, uh, the maker has hidden his identity clues to his identity in, uh, various Nickelodeon shows, which he has to go back and rewatch. Um, so the season finale will reveal this mysterious figure played by Brian Cranston, uh, wearing a floor length duster and steampunk style goggles, for yes. reasons, which are never explained. Um, <laughs> so season three involves around the maker sending stick on, uh, various nonsensical, uh, quests to prove he's worthy of, uh, his ultimate place in a popsicle. Uh, these tests of strength, intelligence, and character, uh, are designed to um, prepare him for the ultimate sacrifice of uh, dying to self and being immersed in the popsicle um, to be reborn as something greater. So halfway through season three, uh, Stickina returns and uh, tempts him. She proposes marriage. She's been searching for him ever since uh, season one when he left her. So she proposes uh, that they get married, and he's tempted to abandon his quest. But, of course, he's the hero, 
So he he stands strong and he emerges uh, doubly committed to uh, his higher calling. Um, so this becomes the experimental season um, where the animated episode returns and several other gimmicky episodes as well. Um, for example, there's the Muppet episode where all the characters, including Brian Cranston and the sticks are Muppets. Um, and also, uh, the computer animated episode and my personal favorite, uh, the old timey silent film era episode in which, uh, all the dialogue is presented as, uh, intermittent text only screens. So, as usually happens with uh, experimental um, TV shows, at this point, this is probably where the show gets canceled, unfortunately. So, there it is, my pitch for uh, You Can't Hold a Stick to It. Uh, So, that's the story, and I'm sticking with it. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Absolutely oh, Michael Yeah, great stuff, I mean, man. All, all the way around. But I, I'm not going to really weigh in on exactly what I thought about it yet because this is a competition and competition. contestant two is up. Anne Marie. Yes, Anne Marie. Anne Marie is going to be pitching me on her Stick Stickly reboot. So, uh, okay. My Stick Stickly reboot is completely, completely different than Michael's <laughs> good, reboot. Good, good. That, that'll um, make it easier to judge. Or harder. Could be. Um, I am going to cash in if you will, on a genre that is near and dear to my heart, and that mm-hmm. would be competition reality. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel that Nickelodeon has explored this enough. So what we're going to do is before the season gets started, they are announcing that this new um, show is starting and they're asking for everybody to submit mm-hmm. songs that they love from any time, genre, etc., etc. Diversity is encouraged. Uh-huh. Then um, each episode is going to have a different genre and all of the and like all the songs from that genre are put in an envelope and like put in a fishbowl or a spinny thing, mm-hmm. depending on how many there are. Whatever. Yeah. You gotta play with what you got. An empty and, popsicle stick box. An MC pop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they unwrap them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whatever they get, they have to produce the music video and sing the song. You watch, we watch the behind the scenes, how they're learning it, how they're doing everything. And then the end of the episode is the, the video. The video. So yeah. we're watching all the behind the scenes. The tension, I can't learn the choreography. <laughs> oh, what was that word again? I'm not as good as in sync. Things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, there will be um, a, a panel, of course, to vote whether or not it was good. Mm-hmm. And, of course, if it's bad, stick gets slimed. Fair enough. Because Fair enough. that's the way things go. Okay, so hold, just because I, I I might have missed it here. Where where is Stick in all of this? Is he's the Stick the, is the lead. He he's, Stick is the star. Oh, okay. Stick is the one he chooses, and he has to be like so the he, lead singer or the oh, okay. solo artist. Like for for a second, I thought he might be like the Tyra, but then if he's punished or whatever. So yeah, he's, no, he's it's in, more fun if he's, he's in the, the lead. Mix. He's in right. the mix. Okay, because we want him to be Madonna and doing Vogue <laughs> or doing the YMCA. Okay. We, want, we want Stick yeah. to be doing yeah. the comedy. Uh, uh, you know, be Frank Sinatra and fly me to Thriller, the you could call it Stickler. Um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Then finally, the season finale episode, Stick has to perform an original. He oh, has to, like, cool. through all this, take the um, what he's learned over the entire season, however long. It's probably going to be a British season, let's be honest, six episodes. Mm-hmm. But he has to write and produce his own video. I like it. Maybe do a single for a write to me, Stick, Stickly. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Something using the jingle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe the jingle is where that people submit their songs. We, you know, bring back the okay. jingle. Wait, what's the show called? I didn't quite. You didn't. Get you didn't, get didn't the, quite. It didn't. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm open. I'm open. That's oh, fair. I can be flexible with the network. I can be flexible <laughs> with the network. Um, okay. Uh, let's see here. Um, Please. Feed, feedback. I, 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 I like it overall. I, I mean, I, I kind of want to. It's have, not your genre. It, it's, it's definitely not my genre. Um, <laughs> hmm, it, what kind of drama would play out here? Like, because I, I mean, you know, they they thread narratives through reality television, well, of course, I, in, intentionally. So, what kind of a what kind of a drama would Stick be dealing with? Uh, you know, on the show, like background singers and background dancers. Hello, oh, just have like, you ever, have you ever? I mean, In Sync pretty much broke up because Justin Timberlake was the star, and then you've got the guys in the back doing funky mm-hmm. things with their hair and doing really bad movies, trying to become a person. You have that tension. Yeah, you have that tension on set. Maybe somebody purposely twists an ankle during the final performance mm-hmm. so that stick gets slime. I like that. Something I like, like that. that. You know, we have with the coat, the dance coach has to come on and pick them up like in the Olympics when she broke her ankle. Could, could I maybe, could I maybe get a uh, Mark Summers in here? You can absolutely in here, get a Mark Summers. Kind, kind of just like hanging around hoping stick has a place for him in the video and he never does. Yes. Excellent. Yes. I can absolutely, I can, I can green like that. Excellent. Okay. Well, let's see here. Give me a second. I'm going to score. <laughs> Score you here? Uh, let's see here. Okay, now I gotta add these up real quick. <laughs> Math is not his strong point. More than English concentration. Okay, so we have we have we have uh, the winner here. But first, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I thought about each one. All right, feedback is good. Okay, let's see here. Uh, first of all, uh, Michael's. Um, I, I I really dug it. Um, first of all, the fact that you have uh, Stick Stickly uh, going through a midlife crisis is great because most people who were watching Stick Stickly back when it was relevant are, are midlife right now. They're uh, here. We are. Yeah, they're about that age where they'd be having a midlife crisis. <laughs> and I also like you know the fact you made him a down on his luck hero. So there's a lot to overcome uh, right from the beginning. Right. I also love how it incorporates other nostalgic uh, Nick shows and everything because, you know, you're working towards that demo. So it, it just makes good sense to bring all the other characters in. Um, Stickina in the first season felt a little tacked on. It got kind of like, oh, they're kind of maybe. And then she runs away for like two seasons. It seems like maybe she should have maybe they should have been like, OK, maybe we shouldn't be romantic. Maybe we should be friends. Then you can get kind of that uh, will they won't they thing. But mm-hmm. she does come back. Uh, I, I love uh, that you're going back to Stick's uh, Popsicle Origins. It, it's uh, uh-huh. an area that really hasn't been explored in the previous stick no. canon and everything so and plus you cast uh you cast brian cranston so automatically sold right there and i also really love uh you know all the guest stars getting the muppets in there gimmick episodes like really that you should be a tv executive michael yeah because that was pretty awesome yeah yeah the, the whole plan perfect perfect and uh, as for, for Marie, as you mentioned uh yes i'm not a big aficionado of reality television but i understand that a lot of people are and i i understand it's really popular and the nice thing about it is versus michael's uh grand uh concept that would involve a lot of location shooting a mm-hmm. bunch of guest stars this that and the other it's going to be relatively easy to shoot and you know you could probably get a whole season put together in like a month exactly you know, which is great uh and you know, like i said a lot of people like reality especially the demographic you're trying to hit mm-hmm. which is really good and I, I i do like that you were willing to you know bend a little bit and bring I'm mark flexy. summers on i'm flexy yeah excellent absolutely okay now as far as the score i guess i'll show 
uh, I love my that screen there's here. scores. Yeah, let me find. Uh, yeah, here I scored these uh, based on uh, three uh, factors: creativity, viability, and comedy. As for Michael, Michael got seven in creativity out of ten. Out of ten, yeah. an eight in viability and an eight in comedy for a grand total of twenty-three points. And Anne Marie got a five in creativity, a ten in viability, just because it was mainly it, it was. Oh no. I'm not. I I yeah. told you. Okay. Yeah. I'm it, good. It, my my main reasoning with that is just because it was like it it was every reality TV show I've ever heard pitched. Exactly, and you yeah. know what? They keep getting made. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the viability I actually gave it a ten. Yeah. Because completely viable and comedy seven. They, and I was being a little kind there. Whatever. Uh, so uh, the grand totals: uh, Michael got twenty three points, and Anne Marie got twenty two, which makes Michael the winner. Oh, Yay, good Michael. job, Michael! And you did a great, great job on Stick Tank. Right to me, Stick Stickly, PO Box nine One stick. Okay, we don't need to go through the whole thing. <laughs> That's nice. All right, so let's see. Next up, we're going to learn how to make our own slime and see some of our listener wins, Nick Toys. Uh, so we'll be back in a few. We'll be hanging out in the chat, which I didn't mention. Uh, we record this oh, yeah, every Thursday chatting. live at 8.30 p.m. EST at live.universebox.com. And we have a nice IRC chat there. Yeah, here, I'll show them. Hi, Hi chat. There. Hi. Howdy, howdy, chat. Yay. <laughs> and uh, so uh, we're going to uh, play these few videos, and then we'll be back in just a few. Next on Nickelodeon. Anything that can go wrong. Scientifically stupid. Will go out of control. That's Nickelodeon for you. Next is You Can't Do That on Television. Followed by The Third Eye. Stay tuned to Nickelodeon. But first, this. This is Anne-Marie with Universe Box, and for this week's episode, Nickelodeon, of course we had to teach you how to make your own slime. Making Nickelodeon slime is really easy and takes some very basic ingredients that you probably already have at home. You have lime jello, baby soap, flour, green food coloring, and water. Okay, the first thing you need to make slime is lime jello, which makes sense because most slime is green. The original recipe makes a gigantic amount and calls for six packets of jello. We're gonna do a much smaller version because we aren't actually Nickelodeon. Okay, the next thing that you add is flour. You know, about a third of a bag. And then mixing those two together to incorporate the jello with the flour. Next, you're going to add water. Where the original recipe calls for a whole gallon of water, we're just going to use a couple of cups. So you're gonna to wanna to just incorporate all that. It's just like making cookies. Add a little more. And just to make sure we've got rid of all those lumps, I'm gonna use my whisk. Next, you're gonna wanna add the baby soap. Baby soap mostly because it's gonna be gentle and that's gonna help with our last ingredient of the food coloring so as to not stain everything. The large quantity recipe asks for half a bottle. I just put in a good couple squirts there. 
And then you're gonna wanna get that nice and blended. The last ingredient is green food coloring. You can do this to make it as green as you want, whether you want this light mint pistachio or if you're looking for something a little bit more lime. Nope, I want more. Now that we've got our slime, let's go dump it on Bill's head. Hey, sit here and be quiet. Okay, you gotta be quiet. Are you ready? I uh, wait, wait. I, I let me see if I have my phone. I don't know if I'm ready yet, but let me see. Okay. Ah! Ah! <laughs> That actually smells exactly like I always thought slime. Yeah. Yes. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Two, three, go. <laughs> <laughs> Slime. Slime. <laughs> Was that fun? Yeah. <laughs> Nickelodeon toy box and I thought I'd show you some of the toys I've collected from old Nickelodeon shows. I used to watch a lot of cartoons back in the 90s because I had a really high stress job and anything that made me laugh was a good thing in those days. And one of the shows I used to watch was called Real Monsters. And I would go out to the toy stores and see what was in the clearance bin and pick up little things to save. God knows why I've never done anything with them. But as you can see, I did collect the Teacher of the Monsters Academy, the Gromble. One of the more disgusting little monsters on that show, the Stinky Crom. The female character on that show, Oblina. And the very star of it, Ickus. So I think that was on around 1995, 96, somewhere in there. But I still kept watching Nickelodeon well into the 2000s, and there was another show I really enjoyed, and that one was about three cats who, who inherited millions of dollars from a rich old lady, and it was called Cat Scratch. 
And around 2007, I think McDonald's did a line of cat scratch toys and their Happy Meals, and I was able to pick up a few of those, including Gordon, the Scottish cat, Waffle, the insane cat, who was my favorite character on that show, and evil, evil Mr. Blick. So those are two of my favorite old Nickelodeon shows, and I'm anxious to hear what other shows people in your audience liked. Thanks a lot. Bye. get to my house every day. And I hope you guys enjoyed all those old classic Nick commercials. They, that's one thing that Nickelodeon always did great. They just had like such a great brand identity that uh, went all the way from their logo to Nick Magazine to mm-hmm. the, every commercial they did, the interstitials, even the uh, like the what's coming up next on Nick yeah. stuff was it. It just it, it always felt of the same voice. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Which was cool. Okay, well, so we're, good. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, real quick, uh, before we get on to the Wonder Box, where we're talking about all that, and uh, you can't do that on television, um, I, I wanted to uh, take a brief moment to mention our Patreon over here, where you can support us with a monthly donation. It's really easy. We're not going to spend too much time on it, because we have something else to announce. But uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash universebox. Our next uh, milestone that we want to hit is uh, $200 a month where we'll do movie commentaries. I think we picked the, the first two in uh, our patron yes, hangout. Uh, our hangout. Over the and apparently I completely mm-hmm. forgot what I said. So I've added a third one. Yeah. Uh, so it's a Harry Potter one, uh, the, Ninja, the old Ninja Turtles movie, and uh, Goonies are the ones we'll do if we hit that $200 per month. But uh, and we're getting there. So- we are. But surely yeah. we are getting there. We're at one hundred and thirty-three dollars per month. But if you want Not to check that out, it. that's Patreon.com/slash/UniverseBox. And uh, now our other podcast, Greetings from Storybrook, we're doing a little bit of a giveaway over there. So uh, we're going to play a video on that real quick, and then we'll be back to talk uh, sketch comedy on Nickelodeon. Greetings from Storybrook. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. And we're here to announce our Greetings from Storybrook Regal Con test. If you don't know what Regal Con is, <laughs> it's a convention they're having this year in Anaheim, California, uh, May 8th through 10th, that focuses on the Once Upon a Time fandom. Now, there's going to be a lot of oncers there. And a lot of ca- cast members, too, like Emily DeRaven, Sean McGuire. Pretty many, much, many dwarves. And Rebecca Mater will mm-hmm. be there. August. You know, all sorts <gasps> of people. That's right. August will be there. Thanks to you guys. Thanks to our patrons. Uh, we're going to be able to cover my plane ticket and my hotel room, you know, just off of you guys' uh, donations that you've made over at patreon.com slash universe box. Thank you Thank you, so guys. Much really appreciate it. And we're definitely going to be bringing you back a lot of exclusive content. Uh, we, we should be uh, doing some interviews, some special panels out there. We'll be mm-hmm. talking to you guys, uh, the Once once Upon a Time fans and everything. In order to get Anne-Marie uh, to the convention, uh, not only do we have to cover her airfare, but we also have to pay for a babysitter for the kids. 
But we'd love to have her go out there and help help with the interviews and be on panels and interact with all of you guys. So we've we've come up with a fun way to kind of try and finance this. We want to see you there, which is why we're throwing the Greetings from Storybrook Regal Con. Test. So two prizes. The grand prize, the three-day uh, general admission ticket to RegalCon 2015, uh, and the runner-up prize, which is a beautiful Rumpelstiltskin stand-in like we have right back here. Now, there are three ways for you to enter the RegalCon test. First is by making a one-time donation. There should be a pretty little button right around here. Yeah, and you can make I, a donation right through YouTube. Right, right through here. YouTube. Second is to donate to our Patreon or to up your donation if you're a current patron. And patron donations start at ten cents. Uh, the grand prize, the grand prize well, is worth one hundred and thirty nine dollars. One hundred and thirty nine dollars for ten cents—that's a good entry. I right? think that's a good deal. But you know, if you don't want to spend uh, money directly, right. we, we completely understand, Understood. and that's completely. fine. So we have a third way to enter too. Send us a postcard. Very because easy. our where is it thing here is pretty empty still. Send us something to put in the frame, and you'll be entered to win both of the prizes. Yes, as that, well. that will definitely count as an entry, uh, which is good. And you can uh, send it to this address. Right here that we'll put right here. You can find it at universebox.com. Enter quickly, quickly because we want to give everyone, you know, the grand prize winner, we want to give them time to make uh, travel arrangements, travel arrangements hotel arrangements, arrangements exactly. all that kind of stuff. So we're going to uh, cut off entries midnight on April the 8th. Then what we'll do on April 9th is we'll go ahead and draw the grand prize winner mm-hmm. and we'll contact them uh, privately and give them 24 hours to either accept or decline. If, if they accept, uh, fine, we're off to the races and we'll do a second draw for the Rumple standout or mm-hmm. stand in stand up but if they reject it or they don't respond we're going to go ahead and pull another grand prize winner Mm -hmm. and uh, keep going like that until we find someone who wants to do it and then you know make a second draw for the runner up if you win the general mission ticket we're going to take you out for for, uh, dinner and drinks or something to you know just uh, hang out for a little bit (laughs) everything you have to I mean if you're if you're coming to a convention you've got to enjoy yourself okay so like we said two prizes one general admission ticket free of charge to RegalCon 2015 that they've graciously provided us and one Rumpelstiltskin stand-up cutout cardboard guy like we have in the background of all of our episodes of Greetings from Storybrooke. Get your entry in by April 8th to enter and uh, we hope to see you at the con. And uh, if you didn't hear me cut in there, uh, you can get the P.O. Box to send your postcards at universebox.com. It's the same P.O. Box. It's the so. same thing. just changes the name. Yeah. Uh, just uh, m- mention on it that you're, it's for the contest or whatever. It'll the be con. fine. Test. The contest. Contest. Yeah. Contest. Okay. Uh, and I just want to say hi to our chat real quick. I no- hi, noticed Chad. a lady, Jay, just arrived. We have Bobby in there and uh, Angel. and Scotty uh, made a brief appearance. Oh, Scotty made a brief appearance? Yes, he nice. was there. We all said hi, and then he left. And then he was gone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you want to join in the chat over there, they always have, have a lot of fun. Live.universebox.com. Okay, so now I guess it's time to find out uh, if we'll rediscover the wonder we felt from our favorite movies and TV shows in The Wonder Box. Wonder Box. Uh, were Nick's sketch comedy programs all that? We don't know, but we're about to find out. We're watching You Can't Do That on Television and all that in the Wonder Box. Now, if you uh, want to uh, follow along or check these out for yourselves, uh, it's the media episode of You Can't Do That on Television, episode 218 of all that. But we'll have links to both of those in our show notes at our universebox.com. So I guess now we'll start talking a little bit of a uh, oh, what- quick side note. We wish we'd have had a time to watch Roundhouse as well to compare all three. Oh, yeah, definitely. But- Time was not on our side for that one. Yeah, because uh, to my mind, uh, you can't do that on television as Nickelodeon's Monty Python. Uh, 
All That is Nickelodeon's Mad TV, and Roundhouse is Nickelodeon's Saturday Night Live. Yeah, they're the ones who had the musical guest, right? Roundhouse? Yeah. They, they, they did some musical. Well, All That did musical guest, too. But okay, so maybe that's where I'm getting confused. Roundhouse was – it was done more like a play where it was just like one stage, uh, and they had like moving pieces and like it. a chair that drove around the stage and stuff like got that. Got it. Okay. But we're not talking Roundhouse. Yeah, we're talking uh, – you can't do These that on television. Okay. So you want to go ahead and hit us up with the rhyme, Anne-Marie. Yeah. A plucky young troop from Canada, eh? Ignorance unleashes their slimy cachet. Sketches set to a theme just like us. They did it first, so we can't cause a fuss. A show this old might cause some division as we talk about you can't do that on television. You can't do that on television. I remember not being allowed to watch that for a while because it was called You Can't Do That on Television. Yeah, we we kind of went back and forth uh, with being allowed to yes. watch it and not being allowed to watch it, which now going back and watching it uh, makes total sense because I, I grew up in a very kind of like a fundamentalist. You're not allowed – like butt was a curse word <laughs> when I was growing up. So I, I can definitely see that. Uh, but I, my first main point was this is uh, this show uh, it has a viewpoint it has a message it had uh, a major message yeah and it, it's not afraid to show you about it to uh, show you it or tell you about it or anything uh, this was the episode on media and advertising and there were just a, a couple quotes here i pulled that kind of give you an idea of their perspective advertisement oils the wheels of business uh which very true uh, uh ads ads make you eat and uh, they're referring to ads for you know junk food and things like that and I, I really uh, like it that through all of their exploration of marketing, they, they're basically telling kids that adults are lying to you to get to them to do things that they want you to do, which is a big reveal for a kid, and it feels a little bit naughty. Uh, now, uh, another line in, in the show that I thought uh, spoke to the perspective was, uh, who cares what kids think? And uh, obviously, Nickelodeon does, right. uh, which is why uh, – it mattered so much. Why we're remembering Nickelodeon in this special episode today. Mm. Uh, and it's amazing how much of Nickelodeon's brand identity, uh, you know, everything from making kids feel important to the slime and everything else, they pulled from this uh, Canadian show that wasn't really related and they just picked up, uh, you know, to fill some hours. Oh, is that what, how it – I don't – Really? Yeah, uh, and you can check out the the book oh, and the video history. I recommended up top uh, for for some more details. But yeah, yeah basically it was uh, they started it in Canada, and then and I, I believe uh, Bobby says this in his voicemail here a little bit later. But Nickelodeon, uh, first off, they were they made a bunch of original show. They made some original shows, but they also bought shows from like BBC Canada, things like that. Kids, kids programming. Well, they the, had to. I mean, you can yeah. only fill a twenty four hour network with. So Ex- many especially things. back in the early days of cable, that was like so much That's content. Huge for <laughs> yeah, cartoons. Actually that's where nick at night came from because they 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 couldn't fill 24 hours and plus kids weren't up at night so they went and licensed a bunch of old tv shows to show uh but i I also think i think i i agreed with the message i overall uh that they presented the anti-advertisement message i but i also thought it was kind of interesting that you know their message their viewpoint is antithetical to nick's modern brand because nick's modern brand is all about marketing it's all about advertising like if you're watching dora the explorer it's advertising you Diego, Diego's advertising you Blues Clues, etc., etc., etc. So it, it's much more corporate and synergistic versus kind of the uh, the punk rock aesthetic that Nickelodeon had back but in the they, day. They have more now. They have more to advertise and shove down your throat. Yeah, with that. So mm-hmm. okay. Well, I, I would just like to say uh, I, I think that a big part of the reason um, this show made such an impression on me when I was a kid was that uh, you know they were they're very honest with kids in the show. Like there there's no like 
shielding them from things that might be too unsettling. Like, I mean, one of the big running gags is a guy, a kid tricking an adult into getting shot at a firing squad. Twice. You know, so it, it, it was very honest with kids and very respectful of their intelligence, which is one of the reasons I always liked it back in the day. See, I felt a little different about the episode. I felt that they were jamming their agenda down your throat. A little um, bit. And I didn't actually find it very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that they were just preaching to you and um, mm-hmm. teaching. And See, I, I didn't think it came off I as compl- too preachy. But I, then again, maybe that's because I agreed with it. Right. I mean, and I'm not opposed to sharing that message. Maybe mm-hmm. it was because it was – it must be aimed at some slightly older kids like the majority of the cast. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, she was reading out of the newspaper, basically. Mm. For part, and parts of it was a lot of reading out of the newspaper and standing there, two girls just on a basically blank stage talking about it, mm-hmm. which was fine, but it wasn't terribly funny mm-hmm. to me. And that's what the show was supposed to be. Yeah. This is nothing like what I have written down. Um, <laughs> I was kind of agitated. Maybe you would think that now with how everything is like instant reactions with stuff, that the very short sketches would be good. But I didn't feel very – I felt very harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like as soon as I started to get into it, we were on to something else. And I'm like, what? What, what happened? Yeah, well, I, it, I saw nothing. It's definitely designed for short attention spans. Just like keep popping, it, keep popping, keep It was designed forward. for short attention spans, but there wasn't <clears> – for me, not much caught me out of each of those. There mm-hmm. was – you know, finally the third time you come back to the setup – yeah. You get it a little bit, but by then, you know, I'd have changed the channel. I wouldn't mm. have watched it. Um, well, I, I, I think, I think the basic logic behind that, and it's funny because, uh, they, the way this show's set up, it kind of reminds me of how we set up Universe Box, too, you know, set to a bit, theme, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But I think, the think probably the intention, which is the same intention we have with the boxes, the different segments, mm-hmm. is if there's something you don't like, you can skip ahead and move on to the next section relatively qu- quick, or you can just wait it out and you know within 15, 20 minutes, we're going to be moving on to something that if, you might be yeah. interested. Right. Um, But yeah, like, I just never felt like I got to know what the characters were doing. It was a little whiplashy because of how quick Mm -hmm. we were jumping from scene to scene to scene. Yeah. Um, There were some that had, like, statements or um, scenarios that I just don't feel like you would get now. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Maybe if I'm just crazy, but there was one point somebody said something about staging a murder-suicide. Sorry. Uh (laughs) I don't think you're going to say that, especially on Nickelodeon. Yeah. Maybe on 10 p.m. and later, Mm -hmm. um, you know, CSI type stuff. Well, a lot of that humor has gone like off the line uh, yeah. in in more modern days. You, you know, I, I think back to like Animaniacs and some of the crude jokes they had on there that were just enough off the line to where kids wouldn't get them, but the parents would. Right. Uh, but uh, back in the eighties, you know, that was more, it was more on the line. They could they were more direct. Right. Like with the firing squad, like you had mentioned, the guy got shot twice. And Mm -hmm. very badly acted getting shot, which I get was probably to make it acceptable. And I'm guessing they only got away with it because there was no blood. Mm -hmm. There was no fake blood. There was no bullet holes. It it probably helps that they repeat the sketch several times an episode and he's always – he always comes back too. Well, he didn't get shot in the first one. He got shot in the second. He got shot in the third and then we're done. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure – I don't know. It it kind of bothered me. Maybe it's the, the mom thing now. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, um, see, I was I was halfway expecting to be to ha- have that kind of feeling as a parent, like, oh, I want to let my kids watch this, but I, I think I probably would. I w- I would have no problem letting um the kids watch it. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know if they would really enjoy it. Yeah, probably. I not. don't think they would enjoy it, and you know, mom brag, they're pretty mm-hmm. intelligent. Well, 
<laughs> not, not the least uh, reason of which is that there's really no good uh, releases of these episodes. So basically well, you have to too. find like seventh generation VHS copies on YouTube to even watch it. Right. I, I do think that uh, You Can't Do That on Television has a lot of like very unique humor that's uh, that kind of adds up to the whole. I, I First of all, I thought it was really funny that all the adult males in the show are played by the same guy. I never noticed this when I was a kid at all. Yeah. Like, I, I, I found out about it uh, in the Slimed book I read, uh, but I, I had always assumed it was several different actors, which I guess speaks to that guy's uh, character acting, if nothing and else. And your childness. Yeah, and my childness. 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 I, they also did something uh, that I had forgotten about that I thought was really, really clever They're called opposite sketches. They're kind of uh, anti-jokes, uh, if you were would. Uh, just to give you a couple examples, uh, Paperboy uh, comes to a guy's door doesn't deliver the paper, then gives the guy money. So, you know, instead of coming to his door, giving him the paper, asking for money, mm-hmm. he, he's doing the opposite. And uh, another one was a prisoner was in a dungeon writing a happy, like, letter home from camp sort of thing. Like, yeah. oh, they're letting us play and it's awesome and all this kind of stuff. So uh, the opposite sketch is kind of anti-joke things. I thought was really clever and you don't really see that too much in sketch comedy no. uh, these days. I also really like that a lot of the humor came from them actually being in a show. Right. Like, a, a lot of the jokes were based around or referencing the fact that they were in a show and like in the middle of a show Mm -hmm. and they would reference things that happened before the credits and Mm -hmm. you know all that stuff and uh of course the uh laugh-in lockers i love that (laughs) that's that's really the main thing i remember from the show Mm -hmm. was the lockers and i i like them i like that i like the jokes Mm -hmm. like the really jokey jokes yeah like almost vaudeville vaudevillian at times especially in that section um one thing i did really like about this is that a lot of the main characters and basically the show directors were females mm-hmm. you it's i mean it's 2015 and sometimes that's still a struggle and it yeah. shouldn't be um so that was pretty cool and the they really only had i think two guys the football player guy and then the little the little guy and they, they also had the really one? canadian guy the really Can- yeah i <laughs> see i don't even remember really canadian guy <laughs> mm-hmm. i just remember the girls with the hair and yep. the dresses with, with uh with the cast uh it, it was very a very fluid cast and, and they were very uh quick to fire people except for the dark haired girl who was one of the two main hosts like and i guess uh she was one of the the mainstays and she was also kind of a diva on set i guess you like, could tell like she wouldn't talk to any of the other cast members unless they were doing a, a scene or whatever uh so i guess uh it was a little awkward with her around i'm sure it was yeah. um but yeah that was nice to see the, the female actually, leads interesting story I, for, I forget which cast member but one of the cast members uh the way they got on the show was they were a fan of the show uh, and uh they decided to do like cover versions of the sketches and record them on vhs and send them in like as a fan tape like uh-huh. here's a fan film we made of uh your you can't do that on television sketch and they hired her nice they were like you're, you're good that's <laughs> so, pretty cool yeah so i thought that was fun so, I so g- if i send in a video to like abc they'll put me on once next season definitely awesome that's the bill meeks guarantee okay so uh now we ask uh, does it pass the wonder test does it make you feel the same wonder it made you feel back in the day Emery. no please don't make me watch this again okay i was bored <laughs> i was re- i really i mm-hmm. just i don't remember watching the show very often uh-huh. but it didn't really hold my attention. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, I felt like they were jamming the media down my throat. I get that there was the theme, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It just was like, you will feel this <laughs> way. And I'm like, I don't want it right now. I want to laugh. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I might I, I might make you watch one more episode. Nope. Maybe one that's not quite as didactic and uh, kind of preachy, you know. So uh, maybe, maybe I'll let you. 
No. Plus, maybe one that's in slightly better quality because this the quality was awful. And as for me, uh, yes, it it, ha- I, it definitely passes the wonder test. It has a point of view without being preachy. I thought <laughs> uh, the anti-advertisement nope. stance fits today's world of web ads, so it's still relevant. It was still completely relevant. Yeah, yeah. and uh, most of all, it managed to give me a few genuine belly laughs. There were like one or two lines that actually made me guffaw. They, and, and there was one that made you. I'm sure there, there's yeah. always a good one-off guffaw something. too. I guffaw all the time, though. <laughs> guffaw! Guffaw! Anything interesting over in the chat room? I don't know. I uh, Bobby's saying he's uh, he loves Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, yeah, and Alanis Morissette was a cast member of all that. And it looks like Lady J left. Bye, Lady J. Okay, so uh, let's go uh, through the second half of our Wonder Box. Okay. Uh, you want to give us the rhyme, Anne-Marie? Okay. LOL. How random. Is that girl Ross Perot? Maybe the guys at the Good Burger know. Didn't one of them graduate to SNL? Had to be Keenan. No way it was Kel. <laughs> Characters abound, but most were, are called Pat. We're coming right at you with all that. This is all that, that baby. There was no oh, baby. Oh, oh, We dance in white sheets. Do, do, do. Because they, they always had like those the flowing sheets. white sheets. Behind them. I loved it. Okay, well, let's see here. Uh, first of all, uh, we all watched episode 218, which you can get on Amazon Instant. Uh, and first, one of the sketches was actually, and I, I really made this a point just so I could talk about the show. I know. Uh, it, it was an Alex Mack parody, The Secret Life or Secret Adventures of, I think, Secret the Life. Secret of Alex World Mack. of Alex Mack. Get secret it right. Secret World of Alex Mack. I, I absolutely loved that show mm-hmm. uh, growing up and everything. It was probably the closest thing to a live action superhero show that, yeah. that uh, you Nick, Nick had then or really anyone had then. I mean, there weren't two. I guess there was like Xena and stuff like that on, but nothing nothing uh, <laughs> I could watch. Uh, but I, I thought that uh, Larissa Olenek, uh, Alex Mack, was kind of wasted in the sketch. Ba- basically, uh, it was a situation where it was the exact same origin story Alex Mack always had where, you know, she's walking around a corner. She gets hit by some... Something. random thing and gets powers from it in this case it's a saxophone and so I'm one, sorry, that's funny well i once once they get the setup uh done it's just really they really didn't give her anything to do she just walks around playing a saxophone and you know she, she's a very talented comedic actress mm-hmm. even back then yeah, so she i mean really is. like I, I thought she was kind of wasted a little bit it seemed it seemed more like a cheap uh, marketing or cross promotional thing than anything, which uh, was a bit more prevalent in Nickelodeon uh, by this time, uh, by the mid '90s and yeah. everything. Yeah, and it, so that's really like a big difference between '80s and '90s Nick, where you know you can't do that on television. Wasn't advertising Danger Mouse? That's true. I uh, and I, but I, I did love the little girl who played Ross Perot. She, I, I remember always, always loving her character. She, she's basically all that Stana Carvey. She was really like this all the time. Yeah, in a, another sketch she was in, uh, she, I think the first. The Sketch, one. The one they shot on the set of Gullah Gullah Island. Uh-huh. Um, uh, she reminded me more of Roseanne, which is yes, she, a really she good does range. Roseanne yeah. on the show. Like she did a mm-hmm. Roseanne sketch. That yeah. was one of her. She really probably had the most range, really, with stuff like that. Yeah, I, I can't remember the actress's Not name. A clue. But... Nope. Mm-mm. Um, I like that they were longer sketches. They were too long. Some of them. Oh, I did say some of them were a little long. Like he really didn't have to go up the tree the last two or three times. Mm-hmm. But I like that. I feel like you got a setup, a delivery, and then it wrapped up. Mm-hmm. You weren't just have three lines thrown at you and then you're out <laughs> what happened mm-hmm. um i like the longer sketches i 
and um, sort of similar to um, you came to that on television. You had the behind the scenes kind of talking about being on a show thing. Yeah. And they always had at least one of those per episode. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that was Sometimes they would do fun. even like whole plot lines. They would, through, yeah. Like they would do like a three act thing where they would check in on three times in that dressing room or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like uh, like you said, you know, the sketches uh, were much longer than you can't do that on television. But I, I didn't think they hit as hard in general. Like I they, there was lots of uh, kind of LOL so random kind of humor uh-huh. uh, that it just doesn't tickle me anymore. It doesn't hit my funny bone anymore. It was mostly a lot of uh, non sequiturs uh, without any real kind of thought behind them. It was like cat, 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 cat. And uh, like even uh, the cat sketch that you were mentioning, it was just like they would repeat the same joke over and over and over and over and over again. And it wasn't a situation where the repetition made it more funny because they're, they're really – yeah, uh, Lori Beth Thinberg was on the show. Um, uh, Angel in the chat. Yeah, you're a line behind. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what you, yeah, it just uh, – it, it didn't add anything to it. It didn't like build to something. It was just kind of – it felt – a little too repetitive for my taste. I, I just – some of the sketches were even a little boring to me, honestly. Like towards the end there, I was kind of like drifting a little bit. Which is how I was with You Can't Do That on television. Yeah. So it would, it's, you know, it, different strokes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I did think it was, again, how um, You Can't Do That on television had the, um, you know, murder-suicide and the shooting jokes. Um, <laughs> this one had a few adult jokes snuck in as well. Mm-hmm. And since the cast was probably, you know – 16-ish when they started. Um, I'm sure they enjoyed them. Yeah. Uh, with the, that cat, it was the pussy cat, mm-hmm. and it was just the way he said it. You knew what they were going for with it. Yeah. Um, and then in the Alex Mack, it was she killed him with sax appeal. Yeah, with and I was sax like, appeal. What? <laughs> what? Well, that so. that was a joke I heard a lot more back then. I like well, yeah. uh, either sax appeal or uh, sax and violins instead of sex and violence. Mm. All that kind of stuff. Interesting. Yeah, but uh, let's see. So, Anne-Marie, uh, does all that pass the wonder test for you? It does. It gave me the nostalgia. I mean, it's not my kind of humor by any mm-hmm. stroke of anything, but I'm not, you know, 12 yeah. watching this anymore. And Because mm-hmm. this was part of SNCC, right? I think so, yeah. I think it was part of SNCC. SNCC. Right SNCC. Up on the wall. They can't um, see. They can't see it, but it's <laughs> back there. It says SNCC. Um, so I remember that being a really big deal and still being slightly cool, at least when it started. Um, but I don't know. I liked it better than, um, you can't do that on television. That's fair. That's fair. And as for me, no, it didn't pass the wonder (laughs) test at all. Uh, this type of humor, it just doesn't do anything for me anymore. And even back then, I, I think I really only kind of liked the show. I think my sisters really liked it and I watched it a lot because they watched it a lot. That's an interesting thing. Why is that an interesting thing? That your sisters liked it. I like it. We're all girls. It might have just. But see, been- I was the kind of little boy who liked Babysitters Club and Sweet Valley High and yeah, My Little Pony that. and all that kind brony, of stuff. Brony, brony. I was brony. a brony before it was cool. <laughs> uh, but uh, the the kids, the entire cast of all that has a lot of talent. And, there really uh, is a lot in there. You know, a few of them even uh, went on to do some some well, cl- really cool um, stuff. Didn't uh, Keenan just get off SNL like this past season? Yeah, I believe so. So he was on there for a mm-hmm. while too. Yeah, but you know, they're all very talented. I, I just I felt uh, their talent went to waste. I thought the material was a little bit subpar. But then again, I'm not working for Nickelodeon doing a sketch comedy show. No, am now am I? So uh, let's see here. Okay. Okay, uh, next up, what we were going to do uh, is we were just going to – I figured you guys would like to uh, check in here. 
Hold on one second. Hold, please. <laughs> okay, uh, but uh, check in here real quick. We figured we'd check in with some Nick stars and see uh, what they're up to now. Right, what they're up to these days. So, uh, Amory, you want to take uh, – first up is uh, Lori Beth Denberg. All right. Um, hold on one second. I'm okay. Okay, uh, Lori Sorry. Beth <laughs> is one of the most memorable characters from all that, yet she left fairly early on uh, due to how she felt about her age. She was 21, actually, at the time of her stint. She had a re- reoccurring role as Lydia on the Steve Harvey show and didn't pop, pop back up on TV until 2012 in an episode of Workaholic which was really really good and actually if you like classic nickelodeon i do recommend if you, and if you don't mind a little bit more risque material i uh, recommend the workaholic show they've had mark summers has been on there like uh, they have a ton of old nickelodeon stars nice. on there yeah i think she actually almost looks younger in mm-hmm. her um you know after picture okay next up was josh server from also from all that mm-hmm. which i'm just gonna say big puffy hearts yeah. he was like one of the the boys that i was detective on. dan detective um josh is best known for being on all that unofficial king of <laughs> hashtag tbt so throwback thursdays um yeah since all that he's, he's been a- on some other nickelodeon shows um and a festival circuit video or movie called world beat excellent he okay. definitely has aged well we know what happened to keenan we know what's happened to keenan uh danny tamborelli i can tell you right now he's in a band he has a sketch comedy group called man belly comedy and he does man a, boobs comedy man boobs comedy and he does a podcast with big pete yes. uh so check that out it's pretty good it's pretty good. All right. Then there's Kel, who um, doesn't look like he's been t- – oh, it was between him and Keenan to get on SNL. Ooh. So there's that. Well, actually, I was just uh, – I was listening to uh, the Mark Maron's podcast, and uh, I guess uh, Spinal Tap got split up by the SNL casting process too. <gasps> Like two of them got on and the third one didn't. Oh, but uh, let's see uh, here. Next, <clears throat> um, the uh, the main guy from Are You Afraid of the Dark? He's a uh, weatherman. Yeah, he's a weatherman. An uh, anchor. Let's see here. I don't In care court. about him. I don't care about uh, her. Uh, oh, no. I liked her. Let's see. I liked her on Are You Afraid of the Dark? Man, you're just full. I don't even know where you're I at. I am. Now. Was Sabrina the teenage Sabrina the teenage witch? Wasn't Nickelodeon? Yes, obviously it was. No, because it was ABC. But it probably got pulled over. Got rebroadcast. Yeah. Well, I know. I know Where that uh, Harvey that? from Sabrina the Teenage Witch is just like a hipster now. Yeah, I was he has about like to say, a big old a hipster, there, hipster mustache. I'm going to skip past uh, Sabrina. Sabrina. Secret Life of Alex Mack. Here we go. Uh, Larissa oh, wow. Olenek. Uh, her 90s fame has cooled off a bit, and more recently you can see her as Mr. Fitz's ex-girlfriend on Pretty Little Liars. Forget that. Seen. She was Bianca in 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, yeah. That was a great that movie. That was a fantastic Heath movie. Ledger, Joseph Can we Gordon. find a reason to watch that? Ah, uh, Yes. Any reason. I don't care. what. Can we, we should do like a Shakespeare episode because it's an <gasps> ad- yes! adaptation of Taming of the Shrew. Yes. So. Okay. Let's see here. Um, Unfabulous I'm not familiar with. Who? I guess it's a show called uh, – yeah. And I, I guess know. You've like clicked way through. Oh, Unfabulous. It must be a newer – yeah, I think these are all newer. Sh- I Carly. Well, you know, it's still relevant. Ned's no. declassified school survival guide. What are you? No, I think we checked in with the people we cared most about. The people we grew up with. Mm-hmm. So uh, now oh, it's time to open up uh, the idea box. And I'm going to go ahead and put the question in the chat here so they can go ahead and uh, kid doesn't look much get some stuff in here. Is he covered in spaghetti? Okay, uh, the idea box is uh, when uh, we you guys submit ideas for us, uh, topics for us to talk about at universebox.com slash idea idea box it's just a real simple form form. you just go in you type in your question you hit submit and we get it and uh, the first question today is uh what's your favorite nickelodeon memory memory nickelodeon memory um i'm gonna go with summer break and ODing on every single show that i couldn't watch during the school (laughs) because i was at school Mm -hmm. between nickelodeon and little house on the prairie 
my yeah. day was set. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older, SVU. Because, hello. Yeah, I was a big Little House on the Prairie. Little House on the Prairie, On yeah, TBS at 10.20 or 10.05. 10.05 and 11.05. It was yeah. always back-to-back episodes. Yeah, because they always started at 5 after the hour and 35 I think it was because hour. of baseball because yeah. it was owned by the Braves guy. Yes. Anyway, so there we go. What is your favorite? Uh, my favorite Nickelodeon memory, or at least the strongest one, was the premiere of Nicktoons. Because they, they uh, it, was, it was this real big deal. You know, they had been promoting it for weeks. And we were, like, super h- h- hooked into Nickelodeon uh, back then. We were living in Houston at the time. And uh, the problem was is that Nicktoons were premiering when we were normally supposed to be in church. So we had we had to arrange this whole thing where we got to go for a thing at our uncle's house, like a stay overnight thing at our uncle's house. And he was he, he was like, yeah, we'll take them to church. And then he didn't. And he let us stay there so we could watch Nicktoons. That's fantastic. And it was glorious, especially Ren and Stimpy. Okay, one more memory now that you're bringing up specific ones for me mm-hmm. was the big help. Do you remember the big help? I do remember. I was help. kind of obsessed with wanting to donate hours. My parents wouldn't help me figure mm-hmm. out how to do it. I didn't understand what was going on. I just wanted to be involved in the big help. This is where yes. my phil- philanthropic uh, being started, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Nicole in the chat room says, watching the game shows with my little brother, uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Uh, was that Nick? Yeah, that yes! was Nick. Oh, my- Hello, Nick that, Reboot. Yeah, that was definitely Nick, <laughs> uh, for sure. And uh, Angel says either the cartoons or shows like Fill in the Blank, and uh, they're also agreeing with us on Little House Day. Little House and Legends of the Hidden Temple. Okay. We showed our, the kids Legends of the Hidden Temple. Mm-hmm. The obsession is real, people. The obsession they, they wanted is to real. be on it. They were like, are they still making new episodes We still of this? need we to be, be on We need it. to be on this. We're like, this isn't possible. This is 15, 20 years. Okay, so what are your top five favorite Nickelodeon shows, Anne-Marie? And it can be completely random. <sighs> They were going to be completely random. David the Gnome, mm-hmm. uh, Rugrats, uh-huh. um, all that. Uh-huh. Hold on, let me look at the wall behind me. <laughs> oh, Bobby visited Nickelodeon Studios uh, where they filmed shows. I know back in the day. that wasn't open when I was at Universal when I was mm-hmm. in like fourth grade. Um, I'm blanking on Nickelodeon two more. shows. Two I know more. two more. Um, well, Alex Mack. Alex Mack. Um, and I need another cartoon. I need another. Does it count if I just watch Stick Stickly or no? Doug. We'll give it to Doug. Doug? Okay, fair Ah, enough. Patrick! (laughs) Patrick! Patrick! And as for me, let's see. I'm going to say Danger Mouse, uh, Fred Penner's Place. Um, you can't do that on television. (gasps) Clarissa explains it all. (gasps) Mm-hmm. And uh, epic are, fail, Anne Marie. And are you afraid of the dark? I would say I those were my favorite. I was terrified of. Are you going? To yeah, I remember the episode with Melissa Joan Hart, Clarissa, of where course. where it was like a little ghost boy, and he would just go, "I am cold. I am cold." <laughs> I am cold. I remember when Snake premiered, I made everybody get out of the living room. I turned all the lights off. I had a bowl of popcorn and a blanket on my couch, and I just sat mm. there watching it, terrified. <laughs> and then it became a weekly thing. Nice. Okay, so uh, when when did you grow out of Nick's shows? When did you stop watching Nickelodeon? And marie Middle school. Middle school? Somewhere in there. Why? Because I was not so cool anyway, and this really didn't help the situation. Mm-hmm. Big geek. Nobody liked me. Kids like three years younger than me made fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, nice. so I'm going to say probably, probably right around sixth grade, mm-hmm. um, would be when it started to at least, I did have a younger brother, so I had some of that, but uh-huh. the first time I really, this isn't a hundred percent with it, but it sort of goes in the same vein mm-hmm. where I realized that I was starting to age out of stuff like this was Power Rangers, which isn't Nickelodeon, but it's mm-hmm. still relevant to the story. It was premiering and I was in fourth grade and you're going to shoot me with a gun? No, What's going no. on? Um, <laughs> and I remember I was really excited to watch it. So me and my brother got up and we watched it before school. It went mm-hmm. and I was hoping for somebody to bring it up and one of the boys who was pretty cool brought it up and was like, this is a stupid baby show. And I'm like, 
Okay, well, I guess it is a stupid baby like, show then. I still watched it every morning with my brother. Oh, uh, Bobby checked in on favorite shows. He says, uh, Mr. Wizard, oh, Red yeah. and Stimpy, Rocco's Modern Life, Danger Mouse, and Today's Special. Today's Special is good, too. We'll have a little bit of that in a second. Um, yeah, well, and w- w- as far as when I started growing out of Nickelodeon, I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure it was around the time I started high school, because I, w- I was homeschooled until ninth grade. Poor, poor uh, So I didn't have any of that social pre- pressure to quit <laughs> uh, watching Nickelodeon. So, yeah, I'd say pr- I probably fell off uh, throughout my first year of high school bobby you hung in there mm. you stopped when spongebob and dora started nice man dora yeah it did uh maintain a presence in my life for several years after though because i had uh, little brothers and uh, nieces and nephews who watched blues clues and all that kind of stuff i oh, yeah, was out long before spongebob long before spongebob yeah okay so let's see Still here don't like spongebob all right so amory what's your favorite thing about nickelodeon's culture like <sighs> Kind of like their corporate culture, their their presentation, their personality. It's bright. Excuse yeah. me. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it's bright. It's definitely screams kid. There mm-hmm. is no mistaking that this is made for kids and probably significantly by kids mm-hmm. um, through their feedback and what have you. So, I mean, everything, obviously the black and white pronouns, but nothing was, really not much was black and white. Yeah. Not much even had like shades of gray or anything. Everything was pink and green mm-hmm. and blue and yellow and it gacky. Popped. It popped. Yes. <laughs> so, oh, hey, dude. Hey, dude does not hold up, Nicole. Little hey, wild and little strange. We make your home out on the range. Singing. Yippee ki yay. Yippee ki yay. What? Yippee ki to break the day. Yep. And that's the best part of the episode <laughs> right there. Yeah. But yeah. It doesn't hold up. For does real. not. Although I guess uh, the guy who did Hate Hey Dude is now working on uh, Justified, which is like in The is Americans. Like, which I is, have not seen either of these shows. Yeah. The Americans is a huge show on FX right now with Carrie Russell from uh, <gasps> New Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, see, I would say, yeah, Felicity. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, my favorite thing about Nickelodeon's culture is just sort of like the the kid empowerment angle that they always took. Okay, I'll give you that. Because I I grew up in a house where, like, well... I was smarter than my parents. <laughs> like, like I, I, I mean, they, they knew more than me, but I knew what I knew better than they did. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of always felt that kind of, uh, you know, kids are better than parents. They're smarter than parents, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, and so Nickelodeon's, you know, whole corporate message reinforced that for me that, you know, it's cool to be a kid. Kids rule. Uh, kids are smart. Kids can always get one over on their parents. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I completely embrace that entirely. Probably gave them probably a little more than you. <laughs> pro- probably sent me right into my punk rock face too. I'm sure. Probably. Probably. You wanted to pop out of a <laughs> locker and tell a joke. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so let's see here. Uh, what's in the box for next week? Pardon This is what we're talking about next week. This is such a long process. It's got it simplified. We'll figure it out sometime. Mind your manners. Yes. Uh, next week's Universe Box wants you to mind your P's and Q's, uh, whatever that means. Uh, you'd best be polite because we're talking manners. <laughs> uh, what behavior behavior do you consider rude? Ever use bad manners without realizing it? What rules in your house ensured peace and civility? Uh, tell us about a time you broke every rule in the book. Uh, we're talking manners next week on Universe Box. Join us, please. Please. Please, please join please. us. And thank you, of course. Yes, of course. After that. Okay, and if you want to send in feedback for that episode, you can uh, go ahead and email us, 
Ah, universeboxshow at gmail.com. Tweet us at universe underscore box. The Facebook is facebook.com slash the universe box. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And now we'll open up our mailbox to see what you guys had to say about Nickelodeon. Uh, First up is Bobby. Take it away, Bobby. Bobby. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Hey, Bill and Amory, it's Bobby. With you guys' topic this week being Nickelodeon, I'm sure there's going to be quite a few people wanting to discuss, like, you, uh, Double Dare, Wild and Crazy Kids, Arcade, All remember good. Guts? Mm-hmm. But I chose to Guts. talk about something a bit more obscure. When the network first started, there wasn't a lot of children's programming on for, you know, for a 24-hour children's program, or children's uh, channel. So it was basically like maybe before school there was an hour of programming. After school you got like an hour or two, and then Saturday and Sunday mornings for a few hours, and that was about it. Mm-hmm. That's why it was so great when Nickelodeon started. But to fill their channel, they had to, to borrow from like international children's programming, mainly British and Canadian. Uh, the British side brought us like Count Ducula, uh, a duck that is a, a, a duck vampire that was a vegetarian. Danger Mouse, which is uh, now I believe being brought back as a Netflix show. Made and, by the same uh, people. Banana Man, a superhero that has something to do with banana. I vaguely remember. Yeah, he ate but bananas. Then the Canadian and a side brought us uh, Out of Control with Dave Coulier. You can't do that on television, which like brought us like everything that you think of about Nickelodeon as far as like slime and different things like that and then of course there was today or oh no Pinwheel I forgot about Pinwheel Pinwheel was a show that was like like a Sesame Street or Mr. Rogers show and then there was Today's Special Uh, for some reason not a lot of people remember Today's Special whenever I try to talk to them about it or remind them of it they look at me like I'm crazy I love this show Bobby and I remember it it was a show set inside the department store uh a a woman named jody was the uh window designer and you know she would make the window displays and whatnot and she would interact she would come in at night while everyone was gone to make the displays and she would interact with the different characters in the store uh there was sand the security guard he was a puppet who was (laughs) a, a widower i believe and he had a uh cat that aggravated this mouse that lived in the department store inside of a dollhouse named Muffy. The mouse was named Muffy, not the dollhouse. But of course, my favorite character was Jeff. Jeff was a mannequin, uh, part of one of the displays that Jody set up. But a magician had come in and cast a spell on his hat to where when he was wearing the hat, it turned him into a regular person. But if the hat was ever knocked off or something, then he would turn back into a mannequin. Because Jeff was new to life, he didn't have a lot of knowledge, so Jody each week would teach him about a different topic anything from adventure to food to hats it was just as random as your guys's topics <laughs> i'm not quite sure why that show stands out in my memory but it does but anyway that's what i decided to share for this week and i really can't wait to hear what you guys have in store for nickelodeon that's fantastic yes definitely and that episode was on adventure I- adventure uh, thank you very much, Bobby. Thank and you, Bobby. Uh, next up here, uh, we have a letter from Corbin. Uh, Corbin says, Hey, Bill and Amory, Nickelodeon has been a part of my life for years. The reason? It gave birth to my two favorite shows of all time, Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of, 
of Korra, which I, Corbin's been trying to get me to watch this. Right. Like, a, I'll also point out Corbin <clears throat> is younger than us. He obviously has a different generation of the Nickelodeon. I love that we have multiple like oh, yeah, generation-y well, peoples. The ball keeps rolling. I mean, they, we have a Yo Gabba Gabba and SpongeBob and Dora the Explorer Dora. Okay, but Corbin continues, now I've had a love-hate relationship with Nick. On one hand, it gave the world a gift. I mean, I can recall an instance when my mother wanted me to watch the Polar Express and I kept changing it to watch Avatar's book two finale. The two shows have taught me about love, death, sacrifice, responsibility, and hope. With such a vast universe, intriguing and well-written characters, and a beautiful soundtrack came uh, some valuable life lessons. Plus, they were the only two shows on the network that were not afraid to delve into dark themes. Mm -hmm. The third and fourth seasons of Korra are evidence for that. Plus, what show on a children's network do you know that has a murder-suicide? Apparently, you can't do that on television. Apparently. Uh... Plus, they had extremely well-animated sequences. To this day, I have not seen a better hand-drawn animation on television. I wouldn't have been exposed to this any of this if it were not for Nick or Nickelodeon. On the other hand, Nick seems to hate the fact that they got involved with this franchise in the first place. Avatar went through some perils, including having a six-month hiatus during the middle of the third season. When it returned, it aired the rest of the episodes in one week. Uh, plus, they greenlit a movie directed by M Night Shyamalan that was nice. just made for Razzies. Uh, <laughs> that was just made for Razzies. Yeah, and I heard it was awful. That's what the Razzies are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. if you don't know the, the Razzies or the, the Oscars for bad movies. Uh, then when it came to Korra, they decided to air it on a very hard night. Fridays, then midway during its third season, they decided to move it online. Then after a st- stellar soundtrack for book one of Korra, they have neglected to release the remaining soundtracks. Finally, on top of all of this, Nick decided to cut the budget of the final season and forced the creators to have a clip show episode. Ew. Yeah, one that, uh, though sli- slightly annoying, was very creative. However, despite the plethora of problems Nick has had with the fran- this franchise, I can honestly say that my life would not be whole without this channel uh, what these two shows have done to inspire and motivate me cannot be properly explained through words uh through uh worlds and because of this i owe uh, nickelodeon a large amount of gratitude agreed yeah and i definitely need to check out uh both of those shows. like I, I have a little bit of a resistance to it just because i never got into anime and, and so it's just kind of a grammar i don't speak very well so it's mm-hmm. kind of hard for me to get into shows but I, one day i'm just going to sit down and start watching it because it'll be when a kid goes mm-hmm. hey i want to watch this yeah. actually i think kid has watched oh the first has watched Avatar. kid the first kid the first yeah but i definitely thank you very much corbin for writing in and uh, if you guys want to send in your stories uh anecdotes uh list of rules about manners email us at universeboxshow at gmail.com tweet us at universe underscore box the facebook is facebook.com slash the universe box and the voicemail number is 424-274-2352 again that's 424-274-2352 okay and now we have some takeaways here some uh, lessons we've uh, learned some lessons learned through nickelodeon things we've learned uh, throughout tonight's episode uh nickelodeon challenged authority in a non-threatening way mm-hmm. slime is as gross as it is awesome uh, Nick is still shaping generations of kids, even if their message has changed a little. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nick is for kids, even after they grow, grow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Anne-Marie, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at AMDSimone. And that's it, because Crunchy Crafty's taking a break. Yes. <laughs> and uh, as for me, you can follow me online at Bill Meeks. You can follow the books that I write, uh, The Dog Boy Adventures, about a teenage superhero named Dog Boy at dogboyadventures.com. And you can help support us and all the other podcasts we do mm-hmm. at uh, patreon.com slash universe box. 
Okay, well, uh, oh, wait, hold on. Wait a second. I forgot. Uh, Bobby sent something in for us to play right at the end of the episode, so we should probably go ahead and do that. Let's go. Hey, guys, I don't know if you remember Sharon Lillifin's show, but here's a little mm-hmm. something to close out the show. But um. Bum, bum, skin a rinky dinky dink, skin a rinky doo. I love you. Skin a rinky dinky dink, skin a rinky doo. I love you. I love you in the morning and in the afternoon. I love you in the evening and underneath the moon. Skin a rinky dinky dink, skin a rinky doo. I love you. I love you singing. I love you. See you next time. I love you. Until next time, remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. Do not adjust, adjust your computer screen. If your mind were changing, Stories set to a theme. Think outside. Universe box.